A couple of years ago, Michael and Jacob, two friends from London, were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole. Michael, a professional footballer at the time, realised he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear. Overconsumption and underuse was all too common. Hilo was born, a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe can be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. My name's David Savage and I have an as yet undiagnosed liver condition. I also happen to really like running very long distances. As a consequence, I wanted to find other people who had health conditions but also loved sport. And the Chronically Fit Show is what happened. My guest today is Hayley Green, who's got CHD, who as a teenager didn't know that she shouldn't necessarily be getting on roller coasters or doing martial arts, but then isn't that the problem? You want to exercise your heart, but you don't know whether or not it's your fitness that's holding you back or your condition. And there's a fine balancing act there to find for all people who are afflicted by CHD. Haley's also the showrunner of a podcast called Moving with CHD. So if you like what she has to say, go and check out that show too. Today I'm chatting to Haley Green. Haley, you um, are someone that we've actually I've actually known for a little while through work, but uh, turns out that you also have an interest in the area of sport and chronic health. Um, which is always interesting when you know someone first and then you discover that there's other aspects of your lives that cross over. Uh, and you're, you're someone who was born with congenital, with a congenital heart defect. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I was born with a AVSD. So it's, a it's called atrial ventricular septal defect. It's a, it's like a hole in the heart basically is the simple term of it. <laughs> I guess then for you, um, You've never known anything different. I mean, from 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 the moment that you were going to be aware of anything, I suppose there was that slight aspect that maybe people were wrapping you in cotton wool and making sure that you were aware of the situation or the circumstance in which you found yourself. Yeah, it's it's difficult because when you're you're growing up and as you're a child, I think you have no real awareness of of what that is, and you don't. You know, I think until probably I was uh, an adolescent, didn't really understand what it was and what, you know, what the problem was. And I think as a kid, you don't really notice it so much. And I was always so active. So it didn't really it just. Yeah, it, it almost did, just didn't come as part of my day to day as a kid. Um, probably the only thing where it, it felt like I was maybe a bit different was where then, you know, how kids are so unfiltered. And uh, you'd have like PE and when you were getting mm. changed in the PE, like in the changing rooms, they'd point and be like, what's that? And, you know, at, pointing at my scar, uh, which because I've got a scar that runs all the way down my chest. Um, so that's probably the only thing that as a kid, I really you know, realized that I, it was maybe a little bit different to the norm. So at what stage did you begin to become more aware of it? And, and what was it that triggered that awareness to kind of? 
be there, I suppose? Um, probably mainly, um, probably in my teens, maybe my late teens. So I have appointments with my cardiologist every two years. When I was little, they were a lot more regular. But as you grow up and, you know, if things are going well, they sort of start to spread them out a little bit more. But I remember going to one of my cardiology appointments and um, they you catch up with the nurse first and they go through a lot of the tests. So you sort of ECGs, your echoes, and they're obviously checking how whether there's a leak still in the heart valve. Um, and I remember them saying, oh, um, you know, what what have you been up to? Um, you know, what are you doing for sport? And I, I was saying that I play squash and um, I do all sorts of things. I did martial arts, I did squash, loads of team sports. And they were a bit shocked and um, they were a bit taken aback because actually for a lot of people with CHD, they're told to not do certain sports when they're growing up. Um, I hadn't been told not to do any outright, but I think it was the intensity of the sports I was playing. Um, you know, I think they were a bit surprised. And then loads of these things came out like, well, you shouldn't have been going on roller coasters. You know, you shouldn't have been skiing and all these things that they you know, they just listed off and I was thinking, where's this come from? Um, but apparently, you know, I wasn't meant to be doing all this sort of stuff and I had been doing it. And so at that age, I suddenly started being a little bit more aware. Um, and I don't know whether it was necessarily a good thing, <laughs> being being more aware of it. I mean, probably in some ways from a safety perspective, um, but in other ways, it was, um, you know, I, I was always so confident in my fitness and my ability mm. to then have someone saying you shouldn't really be doing those sorts of things. You start to question whether, it, you know. Is it is it kind of, look, we all get slightly more aware of our mortality the older that we get and kids have that yeah. fearlessness that you just don't, Probably. you don't unfortunately retain. And I suppose there's that natural, oh, right, this is what life is layered on top with. Yeah a cardiologist going oh maybe don't do that yeah I think so yeah you think you're unstoppable right I remember when um I was little on the ski slopes you just shoot straight down them no fear of breaking your legs and then you do it as an adult you think I'm going to break a hip <laughs> yeah so I think it was that thing it was um you know and I guess when you're younger as well you've got so much energy and you just run around all the time and as you get older you don't quite have that same sort of um you don't quite have that stamina do you with those energy levels um so yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Look, your parents would have been aware of your condition from a very early age, and they, I'd imagine, were totally supportive of you going skiing. Uh, I'd imagine if you were uh, a teenager yeah. doing it, they probably paid for you to go, unless it was friends, parents, or something. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I imagine, I imagine that they were encouraging of you to do, to do things like play squash and do martial arts and ski and so on. Um, was there an element of obviously they didn't hold you back? Was there an element of talking or thinking? hang on a minute, why am, I, why am I parents supportive in pushing this, but my cardiologist is saying otherwise? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, for my parents, neither of them have the condition. And, you know, they had always been super active, both of them from childhood, really. Um, my dad was on the very, like the short sort of bursts of activity. So lots of sprints, basketball, mm. everything like that. And my mum was an endurance runner. And um, I just think for them, it was just what they did so you know at the weekends we'd go hiking or we'd be a family bike ride um 
And they just sort of carried on doing that. I mean, I'm sure they must have asked the cardiologist lots of questions about it at the time. Yeah, but, in the background without you know, wanting maybe to the family, Yeah, and the family bike ride is probably a little bit different to some of the sports that I started then getting into. Um, but I think the cardiologist just hadn't had that much experience of knowing what to say with exercise. And of course, they're going to err on the side of caution. I mean, the last thing they want is to recommend you do all this sport and something then happens. Do you think there's been a, a greater, well, obviously the older that you've, you've got, I assume that you still, you, you're not probably with the, with the same cardiologist or have you always had the same cardiologist? Um, I have moved a little bit. So you have, um, as a child, you'd have a different department. So yeah. I was always with Newcastle Hospital as a kid. Um, and then as an adult, I've moved into Papworth, which is one of the big heart hospitals, um, which is ironically now moved into Cambridge. Um, so no, the cardiologist, cardiologist has changed, um, but I've always had the same adult cardiologist. Do you, do you think as time has gone on that that cardiologist has got a slightly better understanding of what's what's possible? Um, probably. You know, I think I think cardiologists are actually, you know, I think growing up for me, I think they were quite nervous around the exercise piece. But, you know, sort of from speaking to other people in my community now, actually the advice that they're getting from their cardiologist is more geared towards doing a bit more exercise. Mm. So I think it's changing the advice. I think they're really recognising the benefits. And, you know, I think for people with CHD, it's nerve wracking because it's your heart, right? So you don't want to you don't want to do anything that might make that condition worse. But equally, you're in that position where it might be just your fitness levels. Like that's always the thing I've thought is that it could actually just be that you're not, you're not particularly fit <laughs> um, and you have to get fit to exercise, you know, and you only get fitter by exercising. So, but that's really hard. Is that your fitness or is that your heart condition holding you back? Mm. Um, you know, I, I think it's a fine balance. You mentioned the word community there. Um, you've got a podcast called Moving with CHD that, that's reasonably new, but where you've started talking to that community. Um, has there been anything in that that surprised you? Kind of, I'd imagine learning from others that there's bound to be some stuff that kind of um, was slightly unexpected, but really took you aback and, and, and kind of different perspectives that you hadn't thought about? Um, yeah, I mean, what I, I love about the heart community and the CHD community is that there is such a massive range of congenital heart defects. And even for people who have the same congenital heart defect, the way that their body has reacted to that and the way they grow up can be completely different. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what's um, quite strange about it. You know, I've spoken to one, one girl who's got exactly the same as me, AVSD, but she's actually on the heart transplant list now. You know, so she's been going into heart failure over the last few years. Um, so it's just massive extremes, you know, even with the same condition, that's what's most surprising. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think everyone's experience is so different because the community is quite global. Um, you know, what you hear from your American cardiologist versus your UK cardiologist can be quite different as well. And the sort of way they treat what do you think that community is looking for? Because obviously it's great that you're talking about it and you're, you know, in a similar vein that this show is is, is out there for people who are, you know, brought a broader brush. You're looking specifically at CHD, but what, what do you think people are looking mm. for when they're, when they're listening to that show? Um, I mean, the reason I set it up was because there's nothing out there at the moment where people can share their stories and, you know, the stories that are personal to them 
and how they've approached fitness. You know, I think certainly with the what I found was not so much information coming from the medical world, which I think it's like I said, it's better now. Um, but actually having the ability to listen to other people and what they've experienced. And it's, you know, it's not there for medical advice. It can't be because everyone's so unique. Um, but it's it's just a bit of a taster for what is what might be possible. Um, and it, it's just it's that idea that there's other people in a similar boat or a similar situation. And, you know, some people could go on to be endurance athletes and be running triathlons. And then for some people, it's a success if you walk to the shop. You know, it's 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 knowing that your situation is also out there and it's okay. Like that's that's the main thing. You um I'm right in thinking that you've recently qualified as a as a PT, right? Yeah, I did. A, a lockdown PT. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? Because there's there's one thing obviously you're you know, you, you mentioned squash and martial arts. Um I know that you've recently mm. got into running. Um and you've put out on on your on your Instagram kind of suggested workouts for people. Why why take it one step further and actually get a qualification? I think it's just knowing. I actually did it for myself. I've been sitting on this for about three years, thinking I'm going to train as a PT, and um, I actually wanted to do sport even all the way back to my A levels, mm-hmm. and I never took it. Um, and I really wish I did. And I've always regretted it. And then. I qualified from university and I thought, right, I'm going to do my PT training at some point. And of course, you just, it's one of those things you just don't do, do you? You put it off. Um, And then I think at the end of last year, I just thought, you know, I'm going to just do this. And it was just for me. That was all I was doing it for. I just wanted to understand better um, how to train yourself, you know, how to, more about the muscles of the body, um, understanding how to improve your fitness. And I thought, well, if it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. Great. But it was it was really just because I wanted to understand more about me, my fitness, and how I might approach workouts. Um, and I know you can find a lot of that stuff on the internet as well. Um, but there was just something about wanting to complete that course in my own time um, that just, yeah, really appealed. Yeah, I mean, you say you can find that stuff on the internet. <laughs> Um, the one thing I suppose I'd say is, is you can find different videos and different suggested workouts, but I suppose it's different finding one or two things in isolation, but then having the understanding to put it together into an overall, an overall program that kind of complements each other. Right. Yeah, definitely. And there's so much advice out there on the internet as well. And, um, you sometimes have to take it with a bit of a pinch of salt because a lot of people can be posting workouts and videos and, they've just learned from other workouts and videos and they probably know what they're doing, but you also don't quite know whether they know what they're doing. Um, so it's, uh, it was just for me to be able to understand and get that knowledge. And, uh, you know, if it, if I can use it down the line, I'll use it. How do you think sports and exercise has, has, has helped you? You mentioned, obviously, look, you know, from an early age, you were aware that you had a scar and, and so on. Um, I suppose there's got to be an element of, showing that you're not held back by that and that, uh, you know, a physical scar isn't necessarily the same as kind of the mental aspect and, and, and that you're capable of doing just as much as others. Yeah, there's loads of aspects to that, actually. So from a mental side, um, I just find that it is my de-stress. You know, it is how I escape work. You know, it's how I sort of expel energy. Um you know, for me, that's a massive element is part of my sort of well-being is getting out and doing some form of activity. And 
I'm a big sort of believer in doing what feels good for what your body needs right now. So if you've had a horrendously stressful day at work or a horrendously stressful week, getting on and doing a hit session at the end of the day is probably not going to do you any good. Um, but it's doing something. So that's sort of one aspect to it. It's just that I think, you know, for the general population, that is something that is so important, just having that element of moving. Um, the other aspect is, I guess, you know, growing up, you sort of hit a point in your teenage years when you realize you've got this big scar on your body and it's a bit of a body image thing. Um, you know, it's it's quite personal, um, you know, and sort of growing up and, you know, media, certainly when I was growing up, didn't really display people who had whether it's disfigurements or disabilities or whatever it is. And, you know, you're already not the ideal society's beauty standard. You are, um, you look different. So that was really hard. And um, you, you're really quite, you get to a point sometimes where you're quite conscious of it. And um, like I said before, kids are quite funny because they just point it out and they're like, what's that? And that's okay, actually, I can deal with that is sometimes adults that can be worse because you can see them sort of looking at it in their corner of their eye, but they're not asking. Like, <laughs> maybe it's polite Britishness, but, um, you know, they, they might notice it and um, they're just sort of like half looking down at your scar while making eye contact. Um, so that that's quite hard because, you, you know, you know people want to ask about it and talk about it. So sort of when I was growing up and as a teenager, that was a big thing, just doing sport and you know, feeling like you're focusing more on what your body can do, not how your body looks. So I would do sport because it made me feel great. And I played squash because I might win. And, you know, you, you realize that your body is capable of so much more. Um, and, and like everything, I used to play competitive squash as well. And you realize that actually I'm playing up with, the, with guys who don't have heart conditions. You know, I'm winning junior opens and, and they you know, I, I can do that. I'm really, you know, and, and that's really where I sort of, you move on from like the body image to what your body can do. And, and you have to just, you have to focus on like, like yeah. it like that as well. One thing I would ask is, um, I, it must be a, right. Okay. How to phrase this, right. I mean, Instagram comes in for a lot of flack around the way that it can make people feel and people taking breaks from social media because you know, we were all kind of bombarded with, with a lot of perfect images, perfect people. There's lots and lots of fitness trainers on, on Instagram who seem to be traveling nonstop and whatever else. But I have noticed since setting up um, the Chronically Fit show and following accounts and, and a number of accounts with CHD, that there are a lot of people who aren't afraid to post pictures of their scars and guys with big scars down their chests and, you know, their builds and they're, they're obviously in, in really good shape, but mm. there's the scar. There must be a flip side. There must be positives to seeing people being quite open about it and displaying it and, and saying, actually, no, have a look. And 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 this is this is the situation I'm faced with and I'm still out there and active and, 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 and kind of living life to the full. Yeah, absolutely. And which is why it's been, you know, I've actually only really got into the CHD community in the last year um, and sort of before that point hadn't been so connected with it. Mm. And actually, I've just found this incredible place where people are so open, where they are normalizing this sort of thing. Um, you know, there's there's modeling agencies that are now set up that are specifically for people who, you know, may not 
you know, fit a societal norm, for instance. Um, so it's definitely changing, which is amazing to see. And, you know, people who have the confidence to share their scars, you know, that's that's massive. You know, there's quite a few accounts I follow of people who not just even got CHD, um, but they're, they're sharing everything. And, and that's so powerful to see. And especially if, you know, you're you're younger and you're coming onto social media, that's important for you to see those different sides. Mm. I suppose that there is that question of how how do how do young people find it if they're coming on social media because it's not easy to find. You mentioned you only just got mm. into it about a year ago. I suppose you went looking for yeah. it. Given, I mean, obviously anyone anyone who's got CHD and is going on social media may well go and try and find what's out there. But how how did you go and find that community and get involved in it? Yeah, so on Instagram, a lot of people will have either in their title or in their and um, like effectively their instagram handle they will have the word chd or they'll have their condition listed in it so you can quite easily start to find people just through searches like that yeah. um on facebook there is so many groups there are nice. um zipper sisters which is a great one um there's cardiac athletes there's um there's so many chd groups as well like chd for teenagers and young adults but then chd for adults um chd women uh chd women athletes um you know there's there's so many groups out there that you can as if you're just using that sort of um the you know those letters you will find them um great thing with instagram that i love as well massive thing within the community is sharing and um, people sharing accounts they love at that moment so you start to as soon as you followed the first few you start to see all these other people pop up whose handles may not have chd in it um but they you know they 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 equally have it maybe they're just using it as a more personal account i was really positive to hear because i'll be perfectly honest i very rarely go on facebook i i am of the age where i went on <laughs> facebook at university because i was at university when basically it first exploded so i've got this account that's yeah thousands and thousands of photos that are very embarrassing and then i didn't touch it for the basically the past five six seven years of my life um so it's good to hear that there's actually, you know, really positive groups and people and stuff for people to get involved in, in a way, rather than necessarily the, um, I suppose, fair criticism that it gets in the press a lot of the time. Mm, yeah, no, it's it's like it can be a really positive use and a way of connecting with people, definitely. Look, um, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. I suppose if, if I was to ask you one last thing, if there is someone out there, maybe younger, maybe coming to terms with this, um. And it's obviously something that you are born with, as you said. So, but but I suppose exiting that phase where everything feels totally normal and and you're invincible, and maybe becoming a little bit more aware of of what this might mean. What would you say to them? Um, I think a lot of it comes down to, um, from a fitness perspective, for me, is knowing my own body and knowing my limits. Obviously, you have to take the advice of what your cardiologist and medical guys say. But I think, um, you know, from a fitness perspective, get to know your own limits um, and what you can do. I think from a coming into the community, you know, find that community um, for you and find the accounts that are positive and that really bring you up. Um, I think that's one of the main things because there is so many incredible people out there. So make sure that you're connecting with with those people, really. Um, I really appreciate your time. Uh, good luck with the continued podcast season two on its way season two is on its way in the next few months cool well we'll make sure to uh post a link to the season first season of the show anyway and um yeah uh 
fingers crossed catch up soon thanks thanks so much good to speak to you so fifth episode we're getting on with the series here marla and uh, congenital heart defects i'm assuming that's fairly standard medical training right i can't i can't pull your leg too much yeah, and actually, I mean, I was um, born with a congenital heart defect as well. So, okay. Yeah, so I mean, it's not even just my medical training here. It's this is kind of my life too, but not at all in the same extent. But but yeah, I mean, this this one was really interesting to me. I was actually googling back to Doctor Google quite a few things about what she was saying because. Sorry, I'm rambling. Is this okay? <laughs> you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's fascinating to know how much of it kind of, how much of it you you identified with. Yeah, I mean, Haley's story is so powerful. And what really stuck with me was how she was nervous about, or, you know, the narrative was about being nervous about exercise with a heart condition. Mm. And I think that that is, still to this day I mean you google can you go for walks can you run with a heart condition and there are just so many myths out there still and it's not based on any facts and I think that Haley's story is probably one of the most you know powerful stories that we've got here because for so long it's been flip-flopping back and forward of being understood well about the the relationship between exercise and heart problems Mm. yeah and the fact that she points out that there is that fine balancing act for anyone in this situation where it's like am i weak because i'm physically not as well as i could be Mm -hmm. or because it's my condition and that must be so that could be really terrifying because people the only way to get better is to exercise but if you're worried that it might be that actually it's the condition that you're scared of that's holding you back. I, I that that must just be a really difficult position to be in. I completely agree. I completely agree. And you know, you go for there was a there was someone that I used to really look up to, uh, an incredible mentor. And at um his funeral, they were sharing a story about him. And it was about how he never let his heart condition play into his day-to-day life he would never talk about it kind of just went kind of unsaid but he dealt with it himself quietly and Mm. what one of the stories that they shared was that if you were on a walk with him he wouldn't stop and say I'm in pain instead he would stop and admire the views and he became like a person fascinated with architecture and design and and all of these things, so you could stop on walks and point out nature and point out what's around you without anyone realizing why he was actually stopping. Wow. Yeah. It's funny, you know, because <clears throat> so obviously regular listeners of, of the show will know that I've been going through my own diagnosis journey. Uh, and in the last two, no, week, it was it was just, was it two weeks? No, it was two weeks ago. I got told that it was uh, primary sclerosis, uh, primary sclerosing cholangitis. You can tell it's new. I can't even say it yet. Uh, <laughs> and one of the bits of advice that I got, and funny enough, Haley talks about um, Facebook. I love, I love the fact there's a group by the way called the the, the uh, Zipper Sisters. That's brilliant. Um, but I, I went on Facebook and have found that actually it has been a wonderful resource. And I haven't really been on Facebook for for a decade. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm on it every day. But one one of the people who who 
was on that group, um, you know, the advice was just, you just got to get on with living your life. Mm-hmm. And, and that guy, obviously, yeah, all right. He, he didn't want to talk about his condition, but he was clearly still enjoying life. And yes, mm-hmm. he was masking and finding coping ways, but he was out and he was enjoying scenery around him and the view and whatever else. And Haley here is advocating people to, to get on and live their life, you know, um, martial arts, squash, team sports, roller coasters, skiing. You could have a condition and you could let it affect you and you could worry about tomorrow. But if you worry about tomorrow, then you're not going to enjoy the day that's in front of you. Exactly. And I wonder as well, I mean, I had so many questions while I was listening to this and I was I was just thinking, you know, how much does it, from Haley's story, how much does it matter that you have got a support system around you that is active as well. Because one of the things that um, that I perhaps, and I, um, you know, our stories are so different, but you don't really have many Indian female sports role models. Hmm. I never really grew up with any, and sports wasn't something culturally that was like you know part of the norm and I and I always wonder I always think you know what what would have the experience been if there was cultural stigmas or or a difference in support system or different views because I think Haley Haley was so honest and and shared you know the ups and downs that she's had but it's it's just fantastic to hear that she's had that support as well and and thank as you say thank god for places like facebook for people that can't access that Mm, absolutely and isn't it wonderful to hear that there are modeling agencies for people who don't fit social norms you know the Mm -hmm. the fact that she had this scar on the body the fact that kids pointing at it is better than adults half looking Mm -hmm. um but it's important, she says, it's important for people to see the different sides of humanity. It's important for, because we are so driven by social media, for people with a scar, with some kind of, I suppose, um, mark on them that is slightly different from the ideal of beauty to realize that that's okay. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are out there with you too. And I love that she also focuses on on what your body can do over how it looks. Um and I suppose that that is a really powerful message for anyone with any condition or any actually any kind of walk of life to focus on what your body can do over how it looks. A hundred percent agree. A hundred percent agree. And I think that we, I mean, without saying the word woke, but like, you know, I think that we are kind of waking up to to this a lot more and the pressures that have been on especially, you know, in completely different ways on men and women, but now kind of both sexes and genders are all the, I mean, to be inclusive, right, you know, everyone is understanding Mm -hmm. that everyone is experiencing different pressures on their own bodies, on their own identities, on their own selves. And I think that just people creating communities and forums and agencies and places where you don't have to fit a mold. You can be whoever you want to be. I mean, 
Yes, 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 a hundred percent, yes. <laughs> do you think? Do you think out of interest that cuts across those cultural barriers that you referred to a minute ago, and you, you know, obviously your experience, mm. or is is that a harder one to to jump through? I suppose if I think about the accounts that I've followed and started to follow through through the course of the last two series of this, it is predominantly white and Western. Mm. Yeah, I mean, cultural cultural stigmas and cultural differences when you come to disease and healthcare and pain and it's so complex and again we just need more people to stand up and say this is me this is my story and this is who I am um and and more will follow but I but I yeah I agree we need we need more we need more role models we I I follow some incredible and full of some incredible women that are that are Asian and Indian on Instagram that are that are getting into fitness to motivate me. But unfortunately, still a lot of their content has to be around the battling just the basic stigmas of mm. if you said to your Indian parents that you're gonna go for a run, what are they gonna are they gonna laugh at you? <laughs> you know, what's the difference? You know, sometimes if you're gonna say that you want to prioritize your own exercise and fitness rather than your education in some households that it's not okay at all mm. I think there's mm. so much to do honestly but one day we could even do a whole episode just kind of dedicated to to cultural stigmas and exercise and pain and etc I think that could be a really interesting one well I think I think we can find someone from a from a different background culturally who who has a, a, a um who has a condition that they would want to talk about. Absolutely. That'd be a really, really interesting and different um, episode. Um, I just, just to finish on uh, brilliant again, you know, find accounts that are positive and lift you up. Yeah. I, you know, it's so easy to get swamped and, and to go into a bit of a negative spiral and, and feel that these things can be overwhelming. When we had Sabella Davis on the show, um, at the beginning of this series. And she talks about, you know, that initial reaction of being told that you've got something wrong with you. And it's like, you know, am I going to die? Uh, those are the negative yeah. thought, thoughts that immediately swamp into your mind. Um, and and look, the, the condition that I've got, I you know, I didn't expect to be told there's no condition, sorry, there's no cure and there's no treatment. And immediately you go, shit, well, what does that mean? Mm. So finding accounts that lift, that lift you, finding accounts that are positive and can go, yeah, all right, there are worst case scenarios. And of course, doctors have to be cautious. And Hayley talks, talk, talks about the, the, the caution of doctors and why, but there are people out there who can give you positive examples of people who um, are achieving um, heroic outcomes on a personal level and whether that's walking across a room or doing something endurance, but exceeding expectations that they've set themselves. And that's something that everyone should go out and look for. A hundred percent agree. But also with a caveat that we're battling against algorithms that want us to see inflammatory material. Right. And so mm. you might have to scroll a bit um, to find those, the, the, the supportive, the, the reassuring words because actually what might hit you in the face at the start of your journey is actually scary scary material Uh, yeah absolutely but i think if you talk to people or at least if you join these groups actually the vast majority of people as opposed to yeah if you go online and you just look for information the information 
doesn't have that personal touch. The people who are living with these conditions already, they they want to help each other. It's really it's really touching and heartwarming. Actually, you find that these people um, who you think um, might be quite closed off and guarded and not want to necessarily or feel awkward about talking about these things, exact opposite. They're so welcoming. They're so open. They're so giving of their experiences that it's 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 actually wonderfully life affirming and 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 kind of give restore some faith in humanity <laughs> i love that i love that yeah i know yeah brilliant brilliant you're right well look uh moving with chd is obviously uh, a podcast first series is out uh, so go listen to that if you're in that community uh the second series will be coming soon so go have a listen to Haley's show she's she's marvelous and uh wonderful to have her on the show marla thanks for being my guest there's only one show left in the series now so one oh more week oh my gosh <laughs> i know then you're free again for a while from my jokes about you not knowing anything about medicine but you do know a lot about <laughs> Yeah, I don't know anything, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Uh, Thank you very much for your time. And we'll be back next week. If all the nights close in, there's warmth and hope within. If all the nights close in, 